Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shelf Logic. I'm Danielle. I'm Caroline. And I'm Sierra. Today, we are starting um, the first podcast of a series that we're hoping to do where we are challenging each other to read books from our to-be-read pile. I don't know about you guys. Well, I know about some of us, but (laughs) listeners, I don't know about you guys, but I have a giant to-be-read pile, and then stuff comes out, and I'm like, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. And so we just thought... Let's let's get this to be red pile chipped at. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And it was fun to talk about this too because we were saying like, oh, maybe on the podcast we can talk about reasons why it's been on our to be read list but not necessarily read yet. So I'm very excited because uh, we all know who Danielle was talking about <laughs> when we called out. Uh, also, you called me out and then said my giant list. Your giant list is like well, a dwarf compared yeah, to my giant my list. My baby list. <laughs> yeah. compared say, to mine is the most baby of a baby list well. because I went through and cleared my TBR list because I was too stressed out about it. And then I rebuilt it specifically for this podcast because yeah. it's still in my head, just not officially written down. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm just... Caroline has a mountain. Caroline's Caroline's, Caroline's TBR pile stresses me out. I will (laughs) die with my TBR list. Like, I will not have, I I will still have things on my TBR list from like 2017 in like, I don't know, 2095. So it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's true. I'm having fun, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's what it's about at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who who wants to start? Um, I can start. So the first book that I was given to read um, was from Caroline. She picked a book for me from my TBR pile, and it is called A Quiet Girl in a Noisy World, Um, and it's an introvert story. So I'm going to read to you um, the Goodreads description of what it's about. Oh, we should clarify first that we, we like, use a random number generator. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, so, and we so, drew for each other. Yes. Yeah. So that's how, like, if you look in your Goodreads, if you have Goodreads and you look at your to-be-read list, they're all numbered. And so we just, like, threw each other's numbers in a random number generator and shuffled. Yes. And that's how we got this. And then we just picked for each other. So, um, so the... F- Okay, so yeah, so The Quiet Girl in a Noisy World. Um, this book is a graphic novel. Um, so it says, This illustrated gift book of short comics illuminates author Debbie Tung's experience as an introvert in an extrovert's world. Presented in a loose narrative style that can be read from front to back or dipped into at one's leisure, the book spans three years of Debbie's life from the end of college to present day. Um, The first half of the book traces Debbie's final year in college, socializing with peers, dating, falling in love with an extrovert, moving in, getting married, meeting new people, and simply trying to fit in. The second half of the book looks at her life after graduation, finding a job, learning to live with her new husband, trying to understand social obligations when it comes to the in-laws, and navigating office life. Ultimately, Quiet Girl sends a positive, pro-introvert message. Our heroine learns to embrace her introversion and find ways to thrive in a world while fulfilling her need for quiet. I love that. So, not surprising why I chose it. I'm definitely an introvert. Um, it just, it was a book that I knew I wanted to get to because, again, I just, I'm an introvert. So I knew that I'd connect to it, but I just, it wasn't one that was just like calling to me like you have to read this right now it was like yeah this will be cool when you get to it you're gonna like it 
Um, and I did. I loved it. So I'm really glad that that one was picked for me. Um, just like the, the Goodreads says, you can read it kind of however you want. You can just kind of pick it up in the middle of the story. And there were a lot of just like funny, very relatable moments in Debbie's life where I was like, mm-hmm, I feel that. <laughs> yep. Um, and I would show my boyfriend certain pieces because she does talk about like her life figuring out relationships with her um, soon-to-be husband at one point and then after they get married. So I would share parts with my boyfriend and be like, look, it's me. It's me, look. And he's like, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So super glad that I read it. Um, But honestly, I think had we not chosen to done this, to done this, (laughs) to do this, um, it still would have been sitting on my TBR list. So I'm glad we unearthed it then. It was awesome fun well I guess I'll go next and re- and pick the book that you picked for me okay we'll just kind of bounce like that yeah. I suppose um so <laughs> this was so funny so um the book that Danielle drew for me was called if life is a bowl of cherries what am I doing in the pits by Irma Bombeck um I am going to be very honest I do not know why I put this on my to be read list okay. I don't remember coming across it I don't remember when I'm trying to go back into my Goodreads and see when I shelved it on my to be read shelf because it was so long ago that when you gave me that title I was like do I oh yeah I guess I do know what book that is that Um, tracks though it tracks from my Goodreads list (laughs) oh no this is also a sort of intervention for Caroline (laughs) (laughs) if we're being honest I am going to be exposed at the end of this podcast you'll all know how and why um it's fair I understand um let's see let me look at the dates no it only gives you your start and finish date well that's okay I know I shelved this in like 2017 couldn't tell you why um so the Goodreads description for this book the hilarious number one New York Times bestseller Irma Bombeck's take on marriage and family is fun from cover to cover ever since she was a child Irma has been an expert warrior and married life has only honed that skill she gets anxious about running out of ball bearings about snakes sneaking in through the pipes about me making meaningful conversations on New Year's Eve married life she realizes is an unpredictable saga even when you know exactly how loud your husband snores every night and when she and she wouldn't have it any other way listener that is not what this book is about um <laughs> Okay. I have to say, I wanted to cut this book a little bit of slack. I did not enjoy it. Well, no, that's not true. I thought it was there were nice there were nice parts. Okay. On the whole, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, but I had to cut it a little slack because it was originally published in like the late seventies, um, and then republished okay. again in the eighties, republished again in like two thousand. So it's dated. It's definitely got a lot of dated humor. Um, part of what I wrote in my Goodreads review was like this was first published almost 50 years ago. And so some of the, like, just some of the stuff she was talking about, I didn't necessarily know. Like, I know what a rotary phone is. I know that the milkman used to deliver, like, milk to the icebox. Like, that's not, (laughs) but there were some things that I was like, I don't think I understand what she's talking about. Like, department stores that she would name. And I was like, I don't think I know. I don't think that's gone. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Um, But then some, just some, like, dated attitudes, too. Like, it was very, um, like ball and chain esque, oh. where you're like, oh my husband, oh, and I, I don't know. That's just so strange to me. I think that we've changed our mentality about our partners, and so to like hear someone saying like, oh my stinking <laughs> husband, I was yeah. just like, oh that's so weird. I can't relate, <laughs> which is great. And I know that that's like comedic relief a lot of the times. Like it's not 
they're not actually complaining about their partner. It's just like, oh, this is stressful and frustrating. But like she, at one point she said something about like, how did the most punctual person on the planet marry a man who's never met a calendar? I was like, I don't know, girl, you dated him. (laughs) Did you date him? Like that was, I don't know. There's just things that you address up front in a relationship that I was like, Irma, you clearly did not ask him if he owns a calendar. Does he have an alarm clock? We don't know because we didn't bother to find out. This isn't like a married at first sight situation. (laughs) Right. We've, I would assume we've been dating for a little bit. But you never know 50 years ago. That's so true. That's really true. And so there were definitely some like dated mentalities. I was like, okay, yeah, I get why we used to think this way, but like that's, you know, I think we've kind of, for the most part, we've moved past that. There were some funny bits though. And I screenshot a few. Um, (laughs) This also was funny because she's, there's little things she complains about that I'm like, oh, Irma, if you only knew (laughs) this quote, I wanted to boycott coffee when it went up to $4 a pound. Four dollars. <laughs> I can't even go to Starbucks and get a four dollar cup yeah. of coffee. Um, anyway, she said I wanted to boycott coffee when it went up to four dollars a pound. I really did, but basically, I'm weak and cannot endure pain. <laughs> yeah, thus we pay how much for coffee? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm weak. I'll do it. It doesn't matter. Um, let's see. There was another funny. Oh, this was hilarious. She was talking about her husband would like pull out a camera on her at any time and like take a picture and she'd be like oh my gosh I'm not I'm not in a state to be photographed (laughs) and this was one of those dated moments where I was like this is great all I'm saying is cameras shouldn't be made available to the man on the street only professionals who know how to use them the way it stands now any child can walk right into a camera store and buy a Sunday afternoon special right off the counter I was like oh Irma if only you knew knew we are we are all armed with a camera at the ready at all times you must always be camera ready that's spooky yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's so spooky that's funny um so that was so there were some funny bits and then there were some more sentimental bits at the end which is why i didn't like fully like read it and go i don't care about this um she talks at the end about aging and like how weird it is to like be an adult and watch your parents age mm-hmm. um which is not something i've experienced yet because i my parents are much younger so i haven't i mean i've watched them age but i haven't watched them become like aged right um so she said you you bathe and pat dry the body that once housed you you spoon feed the lips that kissed your cuts and bruises and made them well you comb the hair that used to playfully cascade over you to make you laugh you arrange the covers over the legs that once carried you high into the air to bambury cross the naps are, fre- are the naps are frequent as yours used to be. You accompany her to the bathroom and wait to return her to bed. She has a sitter already for New Year's Eve. You never thought it would be like this. And I was just like, oh, my heart. Yeah. Oh, no. And then she said, while riding with your daughter one day, she slams on her brakes and her arm flies out instinctively in front of you between your body and the windshield. And I was like, oh, no, I do that to my I- mom. <laughs> <laughs> she used to do that to me. But yeah. it's, so it was, there were some very sweet and sentimental parts that I was like, okay, I don't hate this book. Yeah. But... Yeah, definitely, definitely some comedic moments and some like lighthearted, like thoughtful moments. But um, yeah, a little dated. Okay, it's you have to go into it knowing like this was written in the seventies, and not everything okay. is gonna a make sense or b be very funny anymore. Fair, that's but a yeah, fair assessment. I'm glad I read it. Um, okay. I do not know where it, where I came across it in my Goodreads, but there it was. There it was. So five years it. later, five yep. years after putting it on the shelf, <laughs> right? I read me it. To pick it for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. All right.
I love it. Fun. Well, I um, have something a little bit different from both of these. My first one was picked by Caroline, and it is The Princess Diaries by Meg Cabot. Um, the first book in the series that inspired the movies from the early 2000s. Um, this, you know, I was reading through it and I'm pretty sure I read this when I was like 10, but I was much too young <laughs> for it at the time and much too sheltered to really get a chance to appreciate it. So, um, this was just really uh, an interesting read. I don't read a ton of teen literature, but I'm the teen librarian, so I'm trying to, to yep. do a little bit more read, uh, read a little bit more teen lit. Um, and this was just really interesting. It was on my TBR list um, because I was so obsessed with the movies as yeah, a kid. Especially, <laughs> right? Especially the second one. I loved the second one. And when I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast, I heard that yet again, I feel like this comes out like once a year, but yet again, Disney's claiming that they're doing a number three as Aww. of like a week ago, like November 15th or oh something gosh. like that. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. That would be amazing. Yeah. Wouldn't it though? I, I feel like I, I would totally go see it. Um, but yeah, this book was, um, first off, it did not get as much into the story as I expected. Hmm. I don't know why I didn't expect it to get, or to be so like, short in the actual first movie of what the first movie covered because it's like eight or nine book series so I don't know why I you know expected what I did but it was interesting so I will read the description from Goodreads as well Mia Thermopolis is pretty sure there's nothing worse than being a five foot nine flat-chested freshman who also happens to be flunking algebra is she ever in for a surprise First, mom announces that she's dating Mia's algebra teacher. Then dad has to go and reveal that he is the crown prince of Genovia. And guess who still doesn't have a date for the cultural diversity dance? (laughs) So this is a pretty typical, like, teen drama, I feel like. Um, And as somebody who had a very different teenage experience, I mean, not only just the not being a princess part, but just, like, (laughs) just overall a general high school experience that was very different from this. It was a really interesting read. I could see why, like, your stereotypical, typical teen would relate to something like this, but I just couldn't in the same ways. Um, But I was definitely... um, First off, this was published in like 2000, I think, and I felt like it was quite a bit ahead of its time as far as she is like an uber feminist and there's, you know, I mean, it is in New York, so it's a little bit different than Arizona, um, the way I grew up, but I think it was just, you know, some of those kinds of things just took me by surprise. Um, What else? The whole subplot of the mom dating the algebra teacher while she was flunking algebra was also quite hilarious. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, that would be really awkward. I would have also felt very awkward. So that was something I could relate to. But all of the like drama with her friends and things like that, I just, you know, I didn't super um, find super relatable. But I still thought it was cute. It was... I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, having not been able to relate to it to the point where now I'm in the middle of book number four in the series because, oh. yeah. Okay. Well, because I'm like, I loved the movies so much and I can't just stop because I want to see. Yeah. It was definitely, the movies were definitely inspired by the story, but there are a lot of differences. Like yeah. um, in the movies, the dad has recently passed away in the books dad is very much alive and kicking okay um so that was really interesting just to kind of compare and contrast that um also the grandmother clarice who julie andrews plays in the movies is not julie andrews 
level at all. She's mean. Oh, no. And, like, I remember the movies, and it's been a little while since I've seen them, but, like, there are definitely some tense moments between Mia and her grandma, but, like, this grandma is an alcoholic. She's, like, like, there's just, like, there's a lot of, like... Yeah, it's just, it's really kind of interesting. And as somebody who absolutely adores Julie Andrews and has for my whole life thinks, think, I have always thought, I can't (laughs) use words, I've always thought that she looks a little bit like my paternal grandmother. So like, I've always kind of had that relationship to her, but I'm like... No, Julie no, Andrews no. Would never. Julie Andrews would, would never, <laughs> and my grandmother would never, and this yeah. grandma needs to get her act together. So, but yeah, overall, I thought it was really cute. Um, definitely interested to kind of see how the series progresses, and you know, still a little hopeful they're going to make a number three for the yes. movies. Ugh, fingers crossed, and that Julie Andrews, Julie Andrews, and Annie Hathaway. Yeah, are they in have them to because yeah. otherwise I won't watch it. Right. And that's the Disney, big thing. be listening. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys are listening. That's the big thing is there's been so much time that's passed since the second and if there ever is a third that I don't know if they would come back for it because right? they're so much older well, now. Well, Annie Hathaway has stated like to the presses that she will come back. Oh, that's okay. cool. So, okay. Um, Julie, Julie Andrews, Andrews, I don't know if she's said anything. I haven't, I didn't see I that. I thought but. she retired. You know, I'm, well, I'm, I'm kind of, now that we're talking about it with how much time has passed, I'm a little bit surprised there hasn't been a reboot. Yeah, yeah, that is one that definitely feels like it would be rebooted. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did yeah. say Disney came up, uh, what, what I was reading was what Disney came out and said was that it would be a number three and not a, a reboot. reboot. They okay. did say that specifically. That's so. for us. Okay. That's yeah. for us. Thank yeah. you, Disney. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, make it happen for real. Right. I know. In the second movie when they um, slide down the stairs on the mattress <laughs> in the <laughs> castle, I that was my grandparents had a very short little set of stairs <laughs> when we were growing up, and I was always like, "Should we get the mattress and just like maybe totally. real quick, like Princess Let's Diaries too?" I think. You know we what? Listen, if the three of us were in a room with a bunch of stairs, um, it would happen. It would be Slide. happening. Oh, you know what? So we'd be doing it right now. Yeah, oh, as we do the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually Screams sliding right and, now. Uh, <laughs> bones breaking and all. Yeah, it'd be fine. It'd be, it'd great. be so much fun. It'd be great. Oh, I love it. Danielle, what book did Sierra pick for you? So for uh, the second book that Sierra picked, it is called um, Before the Coffee Gets Cold. Mm -hmm. Um, And the author's name, I can't pronounce it. I can't say it. Um, So if you just, if you look up Before the Coffee Gets Cold, you'll find it. It's there. It's there. Um, So the description is, what would you change if you could go back in time? In a small back alley in Tokyo, there's a cafe which has been serving carefully brewed coffee for more than 100 years, but this coffee shop offers its customers a unique experience, the chance to travel back in time. In Before the Coffee Gets Cold, we meet four visitors, each of whom is hoping to make use of the cafe's time-traveling offer. In order to uh, confront a man who left them, receive a letter from their husband whose memory has been taken by early-onset Alzheimer's, Um, to see their sister one last time, and to meet the daughter they never got the chance to know. But the journey into the past does not come without risks. Customers must sit in a particular seat, they cannot leave the cafe in the past, and finally they must return to the present before the coffee gets cold. Sounds interesting. It does, right? Um, I, I didn't finish it. I didn't like it. Really? It was, I, it, the concept was super interesting and it has some really good ratings and really good reviews. Um, there were some weird supernatural aspects to it that I just, I didn't like it. Um, there were, it was hard for me to keep the four different stories straight because at times 
they merged. Like, mm, there were the four hard. different backstories, but then in the present, the four characters interacted. Interesting. Okay. And then there's a... a, a the girl who who runs the cafe and like serves them the coffee that they have to drink before it gets cold, and so she's got this like underlying story as well. Uh, that's um, a lot to keep track of. <laughs> it was just yeah, it was a lot. Um, I did listen to it, um, so that helped a little bit. I don't know though. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it would have been easier to keep track if I'd read the book. Um, but I just I kept getting lost every time I I was listening to it. Um, on my like I have a pretty long commute to work so I would listen to it on my way home from work and just every time I was like wait what what is that character story um but then when they got into the past and you were following that character story while they were in the past like I was really invested in each individual story um it just got jumbled for me mm-hmm. when they would come back to the present and I just I I didn't enjoy yeah. it um I put it on my to-be-read list because I do like the concept, um, <clears throat> and I like coffee. <laughs> so I was like, if we did not already determine that. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this seems interesting. This seems really neat. Um, I believe it's originally written in Japanese, mm-hmm. um, and there is a sequel. Um, they actually just came out with a third, too. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a trilogy. Um and I mean, like I said, it has really good reviews, so I'm not going to say don't read it. I'm not going to not recommend it. Um, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not sorry that I put it on my TBR list. I'm glad that I gave it a shot. That's kind of one of those books where it sounded good, so I was going to just take a shot. And sometimes those shots are misses. Mm-hmm. True. So, Super yeah. true. Yeah. You never know. You never know. The concept does sound really cool, and I think this was – um, Libby does every year or every month like a greater library read where like they mm-hmm. open up all of the rights to a book and then everybody can check it out and read it at the same oh, time and like have okay. a greater discussion about it. And I think When the Coffee Gets Cold um, was one of those a few months ago or maybe a year ago. Um, so I was like, oh man, I should read that. But yeah. I could see where it would be a little... Jumbly. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to keep track of something that has so many different stories mm-hmm. to it. Like, it can be really cool, Yeah, but it can be just a lot, especially if you're, like, not reading it all, you know, all in one sitting or, yeah. you know, if you're kind of coming back to it or yeah. whatnot. That's so true. So, yeah. It happens. It does. Exactly. Not everything is a win, as we all see with the library. Yes, that's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. We see a lot of books come and go. Yes. Well, the book that Sierra picked for me was called Queenie uh, by Candace Carty-Williams. I have not finished it yet, but I intend to. Um, This was one of those things where I started it, I think, on Sunday afternoon or Monday morning. And I was like, oh, I'm so mad that I'm not going to have this done before the podcast because it's so good. Um, So the description on Goodreads. Um, Queenie Jenkins is a 25-year-old Jamaican-British woman living in London, straddling two cultures and slotting neatly into neither. She works at a national newspaper where she's constantly forced to compare herself to her white middle-class peers. After a messy breakup with her long-term white boyfriend, Queenie seeks comfort in all the wrong places, including several hazardous men who do a good job of occupying brain space and a bad job of affirming self-worth. As Queenie careens from one questionable decision to another, she finds herself wondering, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Who do you want to be? All of the questions today's women face uh, in a world trying to answer for them. Mm. Sounds interesting. It's so good. Um, So this 
this is like a mini spoiler alert. This happens within like the first 15 minutes of the book. Um, Queenie and her boyfriend, Tom, have decided they're going to take a break. So they're not broken up, but they just aren't necessarily together. Um, but Queenie goes to the doctor because she hasn't been feeling well, and she finds out she's actually had a miscarriage. And so she kind of spends a lot of the book wondering, like, and I, and as you read the book more, you learn that she's a very closed off person. Like she just doesn't share. She's not good at sharing with people what's going on with her, how she's doing. And so she really struggles to decide whether she should tell Tom because they're on a break. So like, why would he want to know? And when she does text him just to say like, Hey, how are you? Is there a time for us to chat soon? He's like, no, we're on a break. Like, I think we should have time to ourselves and to each other to be able to like, know that this break is what we need. And, so she just is like, okay, well, then I guess I'll never know. And she bottles it up. And, and yeah, and, like, the description says she starts to turn to, like, getting distracted at work and, like, constantly talking to her work best friend about, like, other guys. And she goes on dating apps and, like, tries to meet other guys and, like, take her mind off her boyfriend, who she's, like, still in love with but isn't with. Um, and she just, I mean, she, it's, it's, like, a lot about, like, grief and trying to figure out like where to go when you're trying to move forward, but you're also trying to wait for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's so good. Um, I've got like two hours left and like in the last half hour of the audiobook, it's really started to like the kind of the climax of the book is coming where like okay. things have gotten, you know, Queenie's looking at her life and she's like, Oh my gosh, I need to stop. Like I need to get back on track. I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. And then this big twist hits and you're just like no queenie no oh no it's and it's a lot of like self-sabotaging and a lot of but if you've ever like grieved before or you've ever like not known what to do with your life it's so Mm -hmm. relatable in that like I'm making bad decisions and I know they're not good decisions but I don't know what else to do so I'm just going to decide something and then run with it Um, there's also, I haven't quite gotten to this part in the book yet, so I'm guessing in the last, like, two hours of the audiobook it's going to reveal itself. There seems to be some, like, past trauma that Queenie hasn't talked about either. Um, and they mention it twice in the description, too. They make it a point to say, like, all of Queenie's friends are white and her boyfriend is white. And so there's little, like, vignettes, little flashbacks, um, of Queenie kind of experiencing, like, what it's like to be a black woman in a very, like, upper middle class like relationship um her boyfriend's family is not always super nice to her when and when she's mm-hmm. like uh hey tom your uncle's kind of a racist he's like no 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 that's just mm-hmm. how he is and Aww. and it's like unfortunate to listen to and but you know that that's stuff that people do actually experience mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it's been a really good read i've been really surprised by how many layers it has i was really okay. expecting it to just be like Oop, got dumped by my boyfriend and now I need to figure out who I am and what to do with my life but it's very much like I, I it's funny I feel like the best way to describe it is if you wanted like intersectionality the book she's a black woman um, she's also plus-sized so that comes up a lot mm-hmm. too like she's on um, dating apps and men are always commenting on like oh I bet you have like beautiful thick lips and I bet you know just like always commenting mm-hmm. on her body and yeah. she's just like I'm also cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm also funny. Yeah. Um, also it's, a personality. <laughs> I'm also a person just in general. 
Um, so it's it's got just so many elements and layers, and it's really clever, and it's it's really good. The audiobook is read by an incredible narrator, and she's speaking in a British accent because they were supposed to be in London. That's awesome. And all week, I've been thinking in my head in British. <laughs> I, I was, like, going it. back to fill my water, and I was like, oh, going back to the tap to fill my water now. <laughs> nope, going to walk back to my desk. Oh, my, my headphones are falling out. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I need to... <laughs> I need to listen to a book with an American narrator now so that I can stop thinking in British. <laughs> right. But it's been very, it. very good. Um, I put it on my Tubi Red shelf, oh, I don't know, probably like two years ago. It came out in 2019, so probably within like the last two or three years. And I think it was just, I mean, we will reveal at the end of the podcast uh, why <laughs> some things get buried on my Tubi Red shelf. Um, and I think that's just one of them that like, it sounded good. I was like, I will definitely read that someday. And then it got buried and I was like pulling books from the top of my to be read list oh, okay. while this was just floating in the middle. Okay. So I'm very glad that I'm reading it because oh, I love it. Very Look cool. Look at that. Yeah. Awesome. A success. Oh, I love it. Yes. So good. Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, my second book is called Smile by Raina Telgemeier. And this one made my TBR list um, because I see it all the time. I see all or all of Raina Telgemeier's stuff pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming through our hands all the time here at the library front desk people returning it like her stuff is really popular this is a graphic novel um it was published in i think 2010 and it's won several awards um it was a really interesting read i well first off actually before i get into why it was such an interesting read i'm gonna read you the description because that's good to know (laughs) um so here we go Raina just wants to be a normal sixth grader but one night after girl scouts she trips and falls severely injuring her two front teeth And what follows is a long and frustrating journey with on-again, off-again braces, surgery, embarrassing headgear, and even a retainer with fake teeth attached. And on top of all that, there's still more to deal with. A major earthquake, boy confusion, and friends who turn out to be not so friendly. This coming-of-age true story is sure to resonate with anyone who has ever been in middle school, and especially those who have ever had a little bit of their own dental drama. Aww. So it is based off of the author's own experience in the late 80s and early 90s. So that first off was something that I didn't realize going into it. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that it was like a true story. Um, Also, I don't read a lot of graphic novels. So that was kind of a a unique thing for me too that I learned a lot about myself in graphic novels that um, I don't love them. I... I'm the kind of person who wants to always look at the dialogue, but not take in the full picture. And I was telling this to my sister the other day. She's a writer. And I was like, I'm not also that kind of reader who, when there's a bunch of description in a paragraph, like I pretty much skip over the paragraph, which is why I think that characters look different than they do. We're like, this scene is not here. And then I'll get to the end of the book and something important (laughs) will have been in one of those descriptors. And I'll be like, I don't, I don't know. And my sister was like, yeah, you're every overwriter's worst nightmare. And I'm like, yes, I am. Um, thank you very much for letting me know that. Um, so I just, I felt like it was a lot for me to take in visually. But that's just, I mean, so many people love this book. Yeah. That's just a me thing where I just, I don't love graphic novels. But I do see their value. I do see why people like them. It's just not for me. Um, having been somebody who did have braces, but again, like I was saying with The Princess Diaries, not a typical like teenage experience. Um, there were definitely parts of it that were very relatable and definitely parts of it that were not. I mean, I have never had my two front teeth knocked out. Thankfully, (laughs) I am very grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, braces are hard. 
they do hurt when she was, in, you know, in here she's complaining about how, how much the braces hurt when she first had them put on. And I was like, oh, man, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember, Every time like, you got them tightened or Oh, adjusted. seriously. Ugh. Absolutely. Well, I remember very specifically when I'd first gotten them put on, I was in the eighth grade, and I still was in, like, a, a charter uh, middle school at the time. And... I remember bumping my front tooth on my water bottle, oh. like, like just barely, you know, like to yeah. the point where in a normal everyday situation, it wouldn't hurt. But the amount of pain I was in was insane. And then my dad came and picked me up for lunch and wanted to take me out to lunch. I'm like, I'm not even hungry because oh. my teeth hurt so bad. Yeah. It was so miserable. So that I was really able to relate to. Um, her friends were really mean. I really did not like them, and it just reminded me of how mean people can be, but especially when you're at that point in yeah. life. Yeah. Like, you're, like, a young teen, and, like, your friends are just mean. Yeah. And it just makes me want to be one of those adults, too, who's just, like, loving to the kids because they're mean to each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, like, so why do they need to be mean? Like, I know why and hormones. and like, there's so many reasons, but, like... I don't know. Bad. It was it was really disappointing yeah. from that perspective. Like not disappointing as a book, but just a disappointing reminder of what humanity is like. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, truly. So, but I I thought it was a a fun book overall. I think it's definitely something that a lot of teens can relate to. I think it's like and and even preteens, like a tween, kind of read it. Is in our juve section. Um, so it would be like technically in our catalog, not for teenagers, but obviously yeah. you can read whatever out of any section but I just thought yeah it was it was good it, it's a unique well graphic novels have picked up so much popularity so maybe yeah. not unique but just a really you know if you're not a huge reader there's not a ton of text um you know it's it's not your your average book it's a graphic novel yeah. so I thought that that part of it for anybody who's not super into the chapter by chapter paragraphs you know a really great story so Oh, I love it. That's yeah. the only... Well, maybe not the only. I can't say that definitively. I think that might be the only Raina Tanglemeyer graphic novel that I haven't read. Okay. And well, I, I'll just hand it over to you. No. I know, right? <laughs> Truly. Um, and all of her books are like that. And I think that's something special about her, too, is that she does talk about her own life experience as yeah. a kid. Um, sisters and Guts are that way, too, where mm-hmm. it's, like, autobiographical. And I don't think we talk to kids enough that way. Yeah. Like, I think kids see adults and are like, you've always been a grown-up. Like, right. I've always known you as a grown-up, so there's yeah. no possible way you were a child right. ever. Well, and then it's important for us, like, for her writing this, I'm sure, to remember what it was like yeah. to be yeah. that age. Because we do get in our – like, yes, we have been that age. But, like, we do get in our own grown-up heads mm-hmm. about all kinds of grown-up problems. Like, I've and always then we been forget. a grown-up. I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that my teen years were, like, just so terrible. I've blocked them out, and I've just always been a... I've See, just always been a grown-up. Whereas I, I've always been such an old soul that, like I've said, I didn't have some of these same experiences, and so some of this is learning, and I feel like now that I'm in my 20s, like, I actually really value sleep a lot more than I did as a teenager. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, oh. like, you, you always think of teenagers as like, oh, yeah, sleep till noon, and I was never oh. that kid, but now I'm like, oh, yeah. I wasted oh, yeah, so many hours could... I could have been sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so sad. So, I don't know. I, I totally I'm, agree I feel like I'm making that. up for the time that I yeah. thought sleep was a waste mm-hmm. of time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that and just some of like the self-discovery stuff yeah. that I just kind of blocked as a teenager. I'm yeah. like, okay, I actually should probably figure this out. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's been an interesting experience. It's cool for adults too, because Guts was like so relatable to me. Guts was a lot about um, Rena Taylor kind of discovering through 
a long series of tummy aches that she had anxiety and that mm-hmm. was me as a kid oh. um she literally at the beginning describes her um going to a friend's house for a sleepover everybody gets into their little sleeping bags they're all snuggle up tight they're like ready to go to bed and she climbs out of her sleeping bag and calls her mom and is like can you come get me i'm all Same. done and i did that every <laughs> single time my mom oh katie if you're listening Thank you. Uh, I would call her one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and be like, I can't stay here. I'm going to throw up. And my mom would get on her pajamas and put on a robe and come pick me up. And she'd just like bleary eyed, like pull up to my friend's house, like, come on, get, <laughs> get in the car. And she, it came to the point where at one point she was like, are you going to stay? And I'd yeah. be like, yes. And she'd be like, but actually, and I'd be like, yeah. And she was like, let's just go until like 1030. I'm willing to pick you up at 1030. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fair. Raina Tegelmeyer's book is all about that. And I like cried reading it. As an adult, Aww. cried reading yeah. it. Because I was like, I feel so seen. I wasn't the only kid yeah. who was like, yeah. I can't handle this. I want to go home. Yeah. yeah. So. I, that's so funny that you mentioned that experience. Because I didn't have like the stomachache part of that. But I hated sleepovers. Like my best friend came over to my house. Yeah. I went over to her house probably like three times our whole childhood. Like oh. we were best friends for like 15 years. So like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah no I, I I was yeah mom can come pick me up at 10 30 that's oh, that's perfect I was here for sleepovers oh I, not now as an adult like I have my own home in my own bed so oh, like yeah when people are like come stay at my house like you can oh. crash here and then go home and I'm like no I'm busy I don't want to I have to <laughs> I wash my hair that. in the morning <laughs> I think my oven's on I gotta go yeah but I left the curler kid, plugged in right? <laughs> Um, but when I was a kid and I could go over to like other people's houses, I was like, bye. See you tomorrow at like noon. See you never. <laughs> I'm moving in. I love it. Yeah, I love so it funny. so much. Oh man. How fun. Well, as a little treat and to encourage us to make this a series and continue doing this and also to hold us accountable for reading the books that we pick on the podcast, mm-hmm. we're going to draw our numbers Right now, and decide what we're reading next for the podcast. I'm very excited. Me too. Uh, Oh, let me get... Oh, and me three. Oh, me three! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to find my TBR list, and then, yeah. Okay, I'm getting a pen and paper. You're listening to this live. This is actually happening. I didn't even grab a writing utensil. So I'm going to write down our names. That's That's true. (laughs) I'm going old school. Right? I'm writing down our names so that we can... uh, remember what books we pick okay all right so what we're gonna do is uh we're gonna reveal how many books we have on our tbr list do we have to (laughs) yes and then um we're gonna go to a random um number generating website we're gonna pick a number and then we're gonna see what that book is on the person's tbr list oh okay who wants to go first (laughs) I guess we may as well rip the Band-Aid off. Okay. Um, okay, so I have um, 1,856 <laughs> books on my TV list. 1,856. I feel like that went up. It, it did. <laughs> I was going to say, I watch Caroline at her desk sometimes putting things on her, on her TBR list, like over and over and over, like flipping through one of the library journals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have a problem. Um, let's just draw my books. Okay. <laughs> so the first number is going to be number 1,663. Oh, we're just going to laugh at this every single time we draw these ridiculously high numbers. Um, Let's see. 
I'm in the 1700s. 1,663? Yes. Okay. I'm reading Not the Witch You Wed. Oh. Fun. Okay. I put that on hold in, uh, or I put that on my TBR list in uh, October. Fitting, because it would have been a halloween book. Okay. So that sounds like fun. All right. Whatever Should I pull for her? for her? Yeah. Hang on. 1856, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 370 so oh, you're gonna have to do some scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> 370 and it scrolled surprisingly quickly let's see 370 the nowhere girls Ooh, fun i have no idea what that is <laughs> i put that on my to be read shelf in <laughs> april 2019 <laughs> this is pre-covid caroline this is wow. so fun this okay. is i uh we're just exposing me it's fine hey it's all good <laughs> it is all good i'm excited to read them i love it all right all right let's pull one pull for danielle let's pull for danielle all right so i have 150 oh how modest <laughs> and, and and such a nice even number I, it is <laughs> One five zero. I love it. Meanwhile, me out here. Oh wait, 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 wait. <gasps> we I was wrong. Right, way wrong. Um, minus the one. I only have fifty. <gasps> Stop what? it. Which oh, makes man. me feel like I need to find books to add to my list. Huh. Well, you just okay. feel free to scroll through my to be read list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll read some books for Caroline. We'll just make this yeah. a Caroline's to be read list. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, this is great. Go ahead and read it. Oh, that's we'll funny. tell her if she's gonna like it or not. We know her well enough. That's very generous. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I drew forty four for you. Okay, let me see. Forty. <gasps> you don't have yours on Infinite Scroll. Ooh. Uh, ooh, this is one that I, I know I recently put on my list. It's called Public Relations. Oh. I just put that on my list in August. Fun. That's like a chiclet. We love it. I love nice. chiclet. Nice. Yeah. And I got 26 for you. Okay. 26. See, if you had it on Infinite Scroll, you wouldn't have to I be know, hopping previous I don't know next. How. Oh. <laughs> I'll teach you. Uh, 26? Yes. She is me too. What? Was that? <laughs> Wait, can I? Yeah, she okay. She is me, too. two. She is me, comma two. Okay, like T O O. That one, I, I don't know what happened, but I put that on my list in April. Fun. So cool. We'll find out what that is. Okay. I didn't like the grammar in my ear. It was I, like oh, no. <laughs> that just broke my brain a little. Yeah. Right. Okay, and then I'm the one with the sad list because I had to rebuild it for this specific purpose, but I have 19. Okay. I haven't added anything to it or much to, or maybe two things to it since we, like, picked these books. So don't worry. It'll be bigger next time. Okay. 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 Fun. Well, I picked number 15. 15. Oh, that's going to be fun. It's Stranger Planet. And this one's another graphic novel, <gasps> but it's the, the, oh. the second Strange oh, Planet yes. um, I love those aliens book. so bad. The aliens are the best. Yes. I love it. I'm excited for you. Uh, Oh, and we're just, like, putting your feet to the fire on the graphic novels. We're like, keep hey, going. You know what? But, like, that one, I feel like it's not a graphic novel. It's more of, like, a comic a strip. Comic. Yeah, okay. It's it's, it's yeah. not, like, a story, yeah. I okay. don't think. Fun. So, no. But that one's been on my TBR since before it came out. I mean, not the official TBR, but, like, my mental one. So, yeah. Fun. Because I, I loved love the first one. Oh, I love it. 
Awesome. Love it, love it. I drew 19 for you. Fantastic. That is the Midnight Library. <gasps> oh, I read that one too. so did I. Yeah. I love it. Well, see, here we go. I'm just catching up. That's what we're doing here. Because, yeah. yeah, this one was so popular for so long. I mean, the holds list at the library was so long for yeah. it. So I, super, it's always, it was long. always one of those that I was like, I want to read that. Yeah. Oh, so, exciting. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Fun. Well, look at this. Exciting. This is super fun. Yeah. I'm very excited to read books that have been buried in my list for a long time. I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to also make it a goal to add some TBR stuff to my list. Yeah, me too. Caroline oh, doesn't need to do <laughs> <laughs> Caroline will not be. Caroline yes. will do it anyway, but not intentionally. It'll just accidentally grow. We need to again. keep like a chart by our desks of like all of our TBR lists to see how fast Caroline's grows. <laughs> we just need a little grid. Yeah, we'll just pu- publish a little picture of the graph uh-huh. like climbing and climbing as the uh-huh. as the podcast comes out. I love it. Yeah, I have a problem. It's fine. <laughs> well, yay. Well, this was so much fun. Yes, I love Thank it. you so much, guys. Yeah. It was great. And I definitely encourage you listeners, if you have a TBR list, go to a, just a random number generator um, for yourself on the website, put in your number, and just read whatever's on there because, yeah. like, it's... I mean, you put these on your TBR list for a reason. Like, you want to read them, but, right. you know, it's just like you said, Caroline's gets buried. Um, I just forget. Yeah. yeah. The um, inspiration doesn't hit as you're looking through yeah. and you're like, ugh. Well, it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> I do oh, have yeah. a few yeah. I do, list. too. Mm-hmm. Patrick Rothfuss. <clears throat> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I definitely encourage you listeners to do the same thing and – um, if you're on social media, if you have Facebook, tell us about it. Tell yeah. us what book you read. Why was it on your TBR list? Why did you sit on it for so long? Did you like it? We want to know. Yeah. yeah. Join us in the fun. Yes, yes for yes. sure. It would be great. All right. Well, this has been Caroline. And Danielle. And Sierra. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.